At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good morning and welcome in. It is hump day here on a numbers game. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil Alexander. Great show. And Gil, by the way, on vacation, he will be back on Monday. Good show on tap today, though. Coming up in less than five, Joe Fortenbaugh, host on Daily Wager ESPN, is going to be with us. Get his perspective on what's going down in the association. Pretty good night in the NBA. I mean, one of the games was pretty good, at least. Uh, But regardless, we'll have Fortenbaugh on to discuss what happened last night. And as we spin this forward, Josh Towers, bottom of the hour. A lot to get to in Major League Baseball. John Gant does it again. We'll talk about that in a little bit because John Gant, of course, uh, not a show favorite at this point right now. I don't know how Gil feels about him, but uh, analytically not sound what we've seen from this man. Wes Reynolds, second hour, good tournament coming up this weekend of the PGA. Wes, of course, coming off of a winner, by the way, in the last tournament. So we'll discuss Wes, Beeson, host of Long Shots, and then Aaron Renning, bottom of the second, professional handicapper, awesome NBA capper as well as we discuss the NBA from his perspective. Interesting thing that we've seen on totals uh, early on in terms of some of the higher scoring gains, what it means going forward and maybe what's on the horizon for a lot of these games in the way that they have been played. And that's where we're going to begin. How do, how do you not begin with last night and what happened? Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers fall to the Denver Nuggets, 147-140, to 140, double overtime between these two clubs. Nuggets get the win, get the cover, minus two at the close. Total of 227.5. I will let you guess if that game went over the total or not at a 147-140 final. But the story of this contest, of course, Damian Lillard, who is absolutely cold-blooded. It was one of those, so I was sitting, I was watching these at home by myself, 
And if you ever do, my wife kind of makes fun of me. You ever have like one of those moments where you're watching those games and you do like the high pitch, like, oh, man, like one of those. That's exactly what I was doing in my apartment all by myself last night, watching Damian Lillard drag his team by their, like the, their collar and just saying we're going to win this game. And ultimately they can. But 55 points on 24 shot attempts from Damian Lillard last night. 12 three-pointers, 10 assists. He was absolutely incredible. The records that he set yesterday were out of this world. And, like, where do you want to start with everything that this guy did yesterday, right? We could talk about the fact that if you look at what he did from a perspective of this, from ESPN Stats and Info, Damian Lillard, first player in NBA history with at least 50 points, 10 assists, and 10 three-pointers in a game, regular season or playoffs. Tim McMahon had an absolutely great stat about Damian Lillard when it came to what he he did from a historical standpoint in terms of his 50-point game. Like, this has been absolutely ridiculous what he's been able to do, Damian Lillard, in terms of his clutch moments, man. Like, there is something to be said about a guy who can perform in an absolutely ungodly level when the game is on the line. And not to force one, but two overtimes with three-point shots down the stretch is absolutely nuts. Now, to reiterate a topic that I know that Gil has brought up because he's brought it up with me when I've talked to him before, the fact that uh, for some reason, Mike Malone, Michael Malone, sorry, you're Mike today if you don't want to foul up three, doesn't want to foul up three against a shooter like Damian Lillard is beyond me. So you're forced to play two overtimes because of this. And frankly, what's amazing about what Damian Lillard did last night is it completely overshadows the fact that a player on the other team was two points and one assist away from a 40-point triple-double. And that was Nikola Jokic yesterday, 38 points, nine assists, 11 rebounds, 14 to 31 shooting. So really big win for the Denver Nuggets overall. And from a perspective of how this game went down, look, this is something that we have talked about multiple times. There were two things that stuck out to you. One, yet again, Yusuf Nurkic fouls out relatively early in this game with four minutes left to go, right? Nurkic has to stay out of foul trouble, not contesting dunks and things like that. You, you find yourself in situations like this, where you're your team's best weapon in terms of defense, and yet he was in foul trouble throughout the game, long stretch before he fouled out where he couldn't play, and then, of course, you forced a foul on him to get him out of that game with about three or four minutes left to go. But this Portland team has an issue on defense. They were 29th in defensive efficiency in the regular season for a reason. And last night, the Denver Nuggets, 130.1 was their offensive rating in this game. Shot the ball extremely well again, 20 of 43 from beyond the arc. Like, this is going to be something that is going to be a problem for the Portland Trailblazers. And, by the way, look, you need more out of the other guys, right? Down the stretch, if Damian Lillard's only going to get two points from the uh, surrounding cast of characters, if Robert Covington is going to miss a dunk in the lane, if C.J. McCollum is going to step out of bounds in a very clutch situation, like, it's not going to help if you're Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. But what also doesn't help? Giving up 130.1 offensive rating to the Denver Nuggets, allowing them to only turn the ball over on 9.7% of their possessions, or from a free throw lay to 26.2. Like, there's a lot of things that the Portland Trailblazers need to do better on the defensive end, and ultimately it's led to this, right? A 3-2 series deficit. You go back home to even this thing up, but the Denver Nuggets, obviously in the driver's seat, just one win away from eliminating the Portland Trailblazers. It's Jonathan Von Hovel here on a numbers game, filling in for Gil Alexander. It's VEASAN, the sports betting network. You're taking the show in multiple platforms, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio. And let's welcome in Joe Fortenbaugh, who's nice enough to give us some time early this morning. You can catch Joe over on ESPN's Daily Wager, of course, at ESPN2, a bet on ESPN Plus as well. Joe, it's good to talk to you, man. I haven't talked to you for a while. So uh, I think you have to start with what happened last night. Like, betting aside, like, how freaking nuts was it watching Damian Lillard yet again do what he does? Like, people want to make the argument. There's no such thing as clutch. They haven't watched Damian Lillard play. The dude is absolutely phenomenal. 
JVT, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Great to be catching up with you. And, yes, I, I'm echoing every sentiment that you've been espousing about this game and that specific player, Damian Lillard, all morning long. I mean, what, what else can you say except for the fact that the guy's a throwback, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute gamer. In an era where we deal with big threes, player movement, guys constantly trying to force their way out of town for a better situation, he's been in Portland from the beginning, and he's been doing his thing year after year after year. I got, used to get a first-hand look at this guy on a repeated basis when I was covering the Warriors in the Bay Area because they seemed to run into the Blazers in the playoffs almost every single year, and they'd route him. And Lillard would always put up a big performance, whether he was hurt or not, but there was no way he could stand up to the firepower the Warriors were throwing at him. And unfortunately for him, he's with the team in Portland that just has not built well around him. Right? C.J. McCollum is not holding up his end of the bargain. You were mentioning the defensive efficiency. It's absolutely pathetic. Like, at some point, when you have a generational superstar like that, you've got to find a way to properly build a team to give the guy a chance to succeed. You're going up against a Denver team that's down uh, one of their star players in Jamal Murray. You should be able to handle this series, and even if you somehow survive, it's not like you're going to go on to win the West because we've seen too many cracks in the facade. So, keep saying what you're saying, brother. Damian Lillard is the man. He's one of the most underappreciated players in all of sports. He just doesn't have the help around him. Yep, it's absolutely ridiculous. So, do you think there's anything in terms, like, because this defense I mentioned, right, 29th of defensive efficiency in the regular season, like, is it as easy as Nurk? Just stay out of foul trouble. Like, there, there's a lot of flaws around this team. It's one of the reasons why, Joe, before the series, you know, I have a series bet on the Nuggets at plus 112. I figured from a defensive standpoint, from a front court standpoint, there's still some edges here for Denver. Now, we could see two amazing offensive games over the next two, and the Portland Trailblazers win this. But, you know, we always talk, the, the NBA is made fun of all the time. Defense doesn't matter. Well, it does to a certain extent. And a team like Portland can't make it past a team like Denver if they're going to have the second-worst defensive rating in the NBA. Yeah, without question. I think another issue that Portland has is that the injuries to guys like Nurk throughout the, the majority of the season forces you to play one way, and then these guys come back into the lineup, and you have to pick up from a chemistry standpoint as fast as possible. The Lakers are battling some of those issues too, right? They dealt with all these injuries to Anthony Davis, to LeBron James. They tried to get the guys who generally don't start more reps more times so they'd be ready to go in the playoffs, and then the starters come back. They don't look very good at the end of the season. Then you have more injuries in the playoffs. There's something to be said about Con- Continuity. You know, so much of this is about skill and coaching, obviously, but you do have to have a little bit of luck when it comes to injuries. You have to be a team that has it together. I mean, would Philadelphia really be bothering with a game five if Embiid didn't get hurt? Now all of a sudden you get the Wizards catching six in that game, and it was higher. The money's been coming in on Washington. I know we can get to that later. I could never discount Portland in a series like this because I don't know if I trust Michael Malone. Should that game have even gotten to that point yesterday, JVT? No, like what we saw in the first quarter should have been enough. That's where you should put your foot on the opposing team's neck. Maybe they cut the gap a little bit, but they shouldn't come all the way back to force double overtime. And for the love of God, stop single-covering Dame Lillard at the end of the game. Michael Porter Jr. seemed to be the only guy on the planet who didn't think that Lillard was going to take that shot, and somehow he gave him enough space. Teams have to be smarter, and for some reason, Malone's team very rarely is in very crucial situations. It's a very under underrated aspect of those... Uh, 
end of regulation, end of overtime sequences where Michael Porter Jr. Uh, bites on a jab step from Damian Lillard up three because, yes, of course, he's going to go to the basket in that situation. Joe Fortenbaugh yeah. with us, Daily Wager on ESPN2. Uh, all right, one more from yesterday. You mentioned injuries and, of course, injuries at the front and center for this Sun series, right, against the Los Angeles Lakers. Chris Ball has an ailing shoulder. They lose two consecutive games, first three games. He's averaging under seven points. Last night, he gets a little bit of a break. He actually had one of the best plus minuses on the court, a plus 34 despite contributing only nine points, four rebounds, and six assists. But what do you make of the Lakers right now? Is it as simple as you just you need AD, and even then, you got to win two straight here against the Suns team? And if that's going to be the case, you got to win one in Phoenix, and it's a pretty tough environment for him yesterday, Joe. All right, so I, I think there's, there's something that's worth talking about here, and, and you do a great job of this. You know this business inside and out, so what I'm about to say is going to be no surprise to you. And you guys at Vston cover this sort of thing very well. It's why you're as popular as you are and as successful as you are. It's the idea of the psychology that goes into a lot of this, right? I think we've spent too much time looking at this specific Lakers team and thinking of them as last year's Lakers team Mm -hmm. rather than just taking the evidence that's in front of our eyes and weighting it properly. I think that's the biggest problem we have with the Lakers right now, That, that being said for those who are betting on them and losing money on them. All right. Last year, they won the title. They were fantastic. And by all accounts, I think they got better in the offseason with some of the transactions they made. But what has the eye test shown us over the last two months of the season? All right. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. They've dealt with some chemistry issues. They don't really look in sync. They didn't look in sync at the end of the season. The Warriors pushed them to the brink in that play-in game. They haven't looked good in this series, and for some reason we keep sitting here making excuses for why everything's going to be fine. They're not what we thought they were. That, that, that's what it is, and that's not to knock the coaching or the talent. Let's just put the evidence in front of us, right? They ran very deep into the playoffs last year. They won the title, but it was an odd year because the, the COVID knocked everything off the tracks, and then they had to play into, what, October last year to win? So then there's this immediate turnaround where you got to start the season in December, and all these games are getting mashed together in a shorter time span, so you're playing way more five games and seven nights than you ever have before, way more three and four nights, way more second half of back-to-backs on the road. You're dealing with all this, and as a result, injuries are up, and guys aren't able to bounce back, and guys are tired. They're out of gas. That's what's happening. Look at the Miami Heat. How many of us thought the Heat were going to get swept by the Bucks in the first round? Now, maybe, maybe people picked Milwaukee. I thought Miami was going to give them a run. I'll be the first to admit that. But the fact that they got their rear ends kicked right out of the playoffs, they never looked right. They never looked like they recovered from last season. And I don't think the Lakers ever recovered from last season. And then LeBron got hurt, and AD got hurt, and there's chemistry issues. And oh, by the way, you're a seven seed going against an outstanding Phoenix Suns team who for some reason were not willing to buy into because they've never done it before, right? Like, that's the mindset. Well, Phoenix has never really done it before. We're not sure if we could buy in. That was the same thing people said about the Warriors in the spring of 2015 right before they won the title and launched the dynasty. I'm not saying that happens with Phoenix. I'm just saying we have to take the information that's in front of us and we have to weight it properly. And the fact that the Suns are catching three in game six makes me like the Suns. I would play them there because I think they're the better team. They've been the better team throughout the majority of the series. The injuries have been an issue for the Lakers. And even if Davis comes back and tries to play, he's not going to be 100%. He could be more of a liability out there than we think. I think the Suns get it done.
Yeah, well, and I think, Joe, too, when you look at the, some of the coaching decisions have been a little weird, I think, from Vogel. Like the lineup decisions, in terms of starting Markeith Morris and Andre Drummond, there's absolutely no spacing in a lineup like that. Taking a while to kind of go small. I think Gasol's probably been the better option because he spaces the floor a little bit. So everything you've said, on top of the fact that, like, I haven't been that impressed with Vogel in the personnel decisions. Right, right. you're dealing with that. And he's, I mean, they, they're trying to figure out what to do with Andre Drummond because right. he was like this great acquisition, right? But they haven't had a lot of time to work with him, especially with the other starters. I agree with you on Gasol. Last night, if you're watching that game, they didn't even know who was going to take a shot. Like, every single Laker looked so uncomfortable trying to figure out who was going to shoot. So now what's going to happen? You get that game under your belt, and then you go back to Anthony Davis, or you change the lineup yet again, it's going to lead to more chemistry issues. There's so much the Lakers are trying to figure out. And meanwhile, the Suns are just coming at them in waves every single night. The worst thing that could have happened for the Lakers was that the Suns got an opportunity to believe they could win this series. You had to jump on them early because of that inexperience in the playoffs. But now Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, all these young dudes who have never been there before, they believe they can get it done because they've already won three of the first five games in the series. So to try to take them out over the next two, two in a row, with how well they've played at home this season, should this get to a game seven, I don't know. It's going to be a tall order for the Lakers. So let's talk about the uh, the games tonight. You you alluded to one, so let's discuss really quickly Philadelphia and Washington. So Joel Embiid and his status in terms of playing in this game, not going to see him. Philadelphia, six-point favorite, total of 229.5. So what's your read here? Because we, you know, I've gone over the numbers in terms of Joel Embiid off the court and what it means for this team. Slightly negative net rating. The offense completely falls off. The defense is still fine, but they don't really have much in terms of offensive creation. So what's the read? Is the market overreacting here, making the Sixers uh, as low as a six-point favorite against Washington? I would play the Wizards. Uh, The line's been coming down. Small wager. It's not one I'd go huge on, but I would play the Wizards plus the six. And this is obviously, of course, assuming Embiid is going to be out for this game. Mm -hmm. You alluded to it. With him on the court versus off the court, the splits are dramatic. In the playoffs alone, the offensive rating is 138 with Embiid on the court. It drops all the way to 100 (laughs) with him off the court. I don't know if I've ever seen a discrepancy like that in my life. Joe, Doc Rivers told me the other day point, uh, point per possession was good. I thought a point per possession is fine. I mean, it's incredible to see that. And during the regular season, they go from an offensive rating of one yep. with him on the court to 28th with him off the court. we got to remember something. Even with that injury, you look, at, you look at game four. Washington won by eight points. They committed two more turnovers than the Sixers did. They made three fewer three-pointers. It's not as if they had some anomaly shooting night where we should expect regression. It's not as if they caught breaks with free throws and turnovers and everything else, which has been the underlying story in the Clippers-Dallas series, right? Like, if you like the zigzag theory, there's been a lot to love there with the way the shooting's taken place. Ultimately, ultimately, uh, with the Sixers and the Wizards, the Wizards won that game, and there's nothing in the box score outside of the injury that would point to the fact that the Wizards got lucky. I I saw the Sixers trying to utilize Tobias Harris. Like, good God, (laughs) if he becomes their number one, there was like a four-minute sequence where all he did was turn the ball over, miss shots, find himself out of position. He's been big for them, but he's big for them when they don't need him to be their one, their two, or their three, right? Like, he's big in those spots. But when they looked at him to carry it, he completely melted down. The Wizards have been fighting hard all season long. You're going to give me six in this spot? I'll take it. Let's go to the, uh, I think, the most
most intriguing matchup. So Dallas, of course, uh, they take the 2-0 series lead back home. The Clippers go, no, 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 no. And they take it from back from them. They win two straight. It is now best two out of three with the Clippers holding home court here. So what is the read? Because I, I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, when you look at this, Joe, from the, the standpoint of where these numbers have gone. Game two, and this is the point I was making uh, yesterday, game two closed seven, right? The Clippers were the side. The, the market moves it from six to seven. Now we're back here, and it's seven again, yet the Clippers have won two straight. Their defense has been much better, especially last game. And now you have a, an ailing Luka Doncic, and yet we're laying a similar number as we were to game two. So what's the read here? Total of 217. God, I love this series because if, you, mm-hmm. if you're in the math, like I know you guys are, I mean, ultimately you've been able to follow this all the way through and make some money on it. So, so there was no way Dallas was going to continue to shoot the way they were shooting earlier in the series. Through the first three games of the series, they were shooting like 50% from deep. It's not a sustainable number. We saw it fall off the deck in game four as bad as it could possibly get. Now the series is evened up. So let's go through some of the mindset here, right? Uh, when the Mavericks were up two games to nothing, everyone was making their Clippers jokes. Everyone was burying them for dead. Clippers come back, they even the series 2-2. Now everyone says the Mavericks are cooked. It's that easy, right? It's that easy. We're just going to sit there and, and, and wipe them off the face of the earth. Yes, Luke is hurt. That's a big factor in this game. But at some point, the supporting cast is going to step up. It doesn't mean they're going to be great, but they're going to be better than they were. You go into game four, the, the, the Mavericks shot 34% from the floor. That was the worst of 76 games this season. They shot 16% from deep. That was the worst of 76 games this season. They shot 63% from the line. That was the ninth worst of 76 games this season. The point I'm getting at is, no matter what you believe happens at the end of this game, there's no way that the Mavericks can be that poor shooting from the floor, from deep, and from the line again. It's mathematically damn near impossible. I think we're going to see some positive regression for the Mavericks. I think the Clippers are probably feeling really comfortable right now, which is the last thing you want. If you're a member of that organization or you're a Clippers fan, you're putting seven out there and the public is probably going to be all over the Clippers based on what they've seen. I will take a shot on the Mavericks here, given everything I just laid out. I like it. All right, we got two more games left here on the board. Uh, Let's start with this Hawks and Knicks series. So I've been pretty strong in Atlanta throughout this series. And, uh, you know, I thought after watching the first two games, Joe, that, you know, you saw that there was kind of a gap that was expected to grow between these two teams once Atlanta got back home. And that indeed did happen. But you got to give New York credit, especially for that home court. So is there a read here as the Knicks lane one and a half, uh, potentially trying to stave off elimination for one more night here against Atlanta? So I like the Knicks in seven before the series started, and obviously I've had to completely readjust what I've thought, not of the Knicks, but of Atlanta. Atlanta is far more impressive on both ends of the floor than I gave them credit for coming in. So you make the readjustments. One thing, despite not having the series prediction figured out, um, I, I've done really well with is Atlanta in the first half. It's 4-0 against the spread. They have annihilated the Knicks in the first half of this series. They're outscoring them by an average of eight points per game in the first half. Like I said, they've covered the first half in all four games. A big reason why is the second quarter. They're outscoring the Knicks a grand total of 21 points in the second quarter. When a lot of these substitutions are taking place, Atlanta is taking advantage. And the Knicks were a top-ten team in the NBA in second quarter scoring differential throughout the course of the regular season. So the Hawks are beating them at their own game. The big key to all of this is the fact that we spent a big portion of the regular season talking about how great the Knicks defense was. Because it is. It's a fantastic defense. They've been the best story in basketball this year. But the Atlanta defense is the story 
of this series. They're holding the Knicks to 99 points per game. The Knicks are shooting just 40% from the floor and 32% from deep. I know a lot of people figure that the Knicks are going to come out and they're going to give you that one last finishing kick to try to salvage this series, but I don't think the Hawks are letting up. I think the Hawks smell blood in the water. I think Trey Young wants to play at Madison Square Garden. I think he wants to show them up. I think this is that coming-of-age story for the Hawks. Whether or not they do anything past this round remains to be seen, but I think they're going to break from the gate well again. The Knicks have been able to dominate people with their will and their tenacity all season long right up until this point when the other team has had more will and more tenacity. It's got to be somewhat backbreaking to see another team beating you at your own game, right? These low-scoring slugfests in which they're playing better defense. So I'd be right back on the train. It's Hawks plus one in the first half. Based on everything I've seen, I have no reason to believe it won't happen again tonight. I'll be playing Atlanta in the first half. Joe Fortenbaugh, you can follow him on Twitter at Joe Fortenbaugh, Dave Luigi on ESPN2. Joe, we're up against it, but thanks for the insight, man. It was good to talk to you. Hey, I played the Jazz in the first half as well. Boom. Got it at the buzzer, so now all my answers average out properly. JVT, I love you. Thanks for having me on, man. Good luck tonight. See you, buddy. Thank you. All right, we'll be back. we got some breaking news in the association. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM. For terms and conditions, must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly if you have a gambling problem. The number is 1-800-522-4700. So we won't stay on this for a long time. Nothing in terms of a sports betting that we can, uh, sports betting analysis that we can take from this. But it is worth mentioning. We have breaking news out of the NBA. Remember, all it was, all we were talking about two months ago. Brad Stevens could be taking an Indiana job, right? He should. Why would you want to stay in the NBA as a head coach? Well, he's not going to stick around as a head coach. Boston head coach Brad Stevens planning to transition from his current role into becoming the new head of basketball operations of the Celtics. That's according to Sham Sharanya over at The Athletic. Danny Ainge plans to resign from his role as Celtics president. It's, all, it's um, also noted, of course, by Adrian Wojnarowski. Stevens moving on to the front office for a full-time role. Celtics are expected to start a search for a new head coach now. Celtics staff and coaches have been informed of the changes. Brad Stevens will help in the search for a new head coach. So, Brad Stevens moving on. Moving on up, I guess. He's going to move to the Celtics front office. Danny Ainge now out. We will see where he lands. And the, um, the interesting story of Danny Ainge, the Boston Celtics, and what he did with that team, the ups and the downs, pretty high on the highs, pretty low on the lows, I guess. Uh, but regardless, I think a generally positive job from Danny Ainge and what he did with the Boston Celtics in terms of his tenure in that front office. So we'll see where Ainge ends up. I'm sure he'll land a front office gig and um, – another team if he wants it. But regardless, interesting new direction for the Celtics as Brad Stevens moves on from being a head coach and will now take over as head of basketball operations and help find his successor on the bench for the Boston Celtics. A lot of changes coming for the Celtics too, man. You know, there are a lot of people making the point yesterday that that starting five for Boston, the only guy that could be remaining on that is going to be Tatum potentially for next year. Obviously, we know Jalen Brown's going to come back, but he didn't play yesterday. He got an injury, and we'll see what happens. But some changes coming for the Boston Celtics. All right, let's go back to yesterday. So, 
wanted to bring up a, a clip from Adam Stanko who was with us yesterday because one of the points that we had talked about in this matchup between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns, and this was a great point by Stanko brought up that, hey, look, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but if this ends up being a relatively ugly loss for the Los Angeles Lakers, it's going to be a pretty big opportunity for Monty Williams and the Suns. I'll let Stanko finish out the rest. I think to me the big question mark about tonight's game is can Phoenix win while limiting Chris Paul's minutes? Mm-hmm. Because it, ultimately his health, the, the final two games of this series, is really what's going to determine, as I mentioned, whether the Suns can win this thing. So if if they can get out to a big lead and really try to limit minutes, and what an interesting position for Monty Williams to think about having to rest your star player in such a critical game that's going to determine the series. I'm really fascinated to see. You think about NBA coaches and the decision-making they have. This is one of those where we're going to look back on and say, man, I can't believe how Monty Williams managed that for better or for worse. Well, I think he managed it for the best, right? A plus 34 and the plus minus for Chris Paul, nine points in only 23 minutes. Although I will say that I didn't really see what happened at the end of this game because I tuned out from the perspective of, "Ah, you know what, this is boring. And I am not the only one. Irvin Magic Johnson, uh, who is spot on with his analysis all the time on social media, uh, checking in with the since the Suns are blowing at the Lakers, I turned to Portland versus Denver. Can we also... Just note this really quickly. I saw a lot of this yesterday. We didn't know that Nuggets and Trailblazers was going to end up being the game that it was, right? Let's stop. Let's stop the, oh, man, this game's on NBA TV. You had no idea. There were no complaints prior to. Like, how can you put Portland and Denver on NBA TV? You know what? It's going to happen every once in a while. Uh, that You're going to get a stinker like this on national television. Hey, who, by the way, show of hands, honestly. Who thought it was going to be a LeBron game in like the first 60 seconds? He like he screens for a ball handler and finishes on a pick and roll. He hits a deep three, and I'm like, okay, like we're going to get the LeBron game. We're going to get like the 35 point triple double where he keeps his team alive in the face of adversity. And LeBron was great statistically: 24 points, seven assists, five rebounds. He was six to ten from the three uh, from the perimeter. Uh, you, by the way, you take away his six to ten and. 24% from beyond the arc for the Los Angeles Lakers. No other valve offensively, man, I'm telling you, outside of an Anthony Davis. You see this, too, by the way, from halftime. ESPN stats and info, Lakers trailing by 30, the largest halftime deficit for a LeBron James team in his playoff career. It's also the Lakers' largest halftime deficit in a playoff game since 1992. That was a tender age of one. LeBron James has also lost consecutive first-round games for the first time in his career after last night. Also the first time in LeBron's career that he trails a first-round series after game five or later. He's not allowed to lose a first-round series. MJ is, but LeBron is not. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to when it comes to the association. 15 minutes from now, we're going to hear from Josh Towers as we go around Major League Baseball. Alec Manoa, among many pitchers that we get to see later today, we'll see what he thought of a young kid's debut and what he thinks going forward with the young Toronto Blue Jays pitcher and much more here on a numbers game. Feature on vcin.com. Every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find the betting edge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at vcin.com. 
numbersgame.com. It is a numbers game here on the Sports Betting Network. God, we're going to get to this in a moment. Just looking up numbers that are going to frustrate me even more. Uh, so we should give credit where credit is due, by the way. Uh, we mentioned the fact that Brad Stevens moving on from being a head coach. If you're just joining us, uh, he will no longer be the head coach of the Boston Celtics. will instead take over as head of basketball operations, taking Danny Ainge's job. Danny Ainge is out. Um, Sounds like he was kind of burnt out on coaching, especially since the bubble, according to the report from Major Wojnarowski. We have this from John Ewing, though, because Brad Stevens, uh, the, the discourse around him this year I thought was a little ridiculous. One bad season for a team that was flawed from a roster standpoint, and he's all of a sudden a terrible coach. From John Ewing, in the Brad Stevens era, Celtics against the spread, 377, 325, and 13, 54% ATS. It has an underdog, 154, 128, and 3, a very solid 55% against the number. Data, of course, via Bet Labs, but Brad Stevens was absolutely fantastic. And one of the names, too, I would throw out there and I would say to keep an eye on, uh, he is currently an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Clippers, who will be playing tonight. Uh, but Kenny Atkinson was one of my favorite head coaches when he was the head man for the Brooklyn Nets, did a fantastic job with player development for that team before Kyrie Irving came over, was a very good plucky squad, a lot of player development underneath him, including guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, a really solid squad, and Kenny Atkinson did a great job, and I would feel like he'd be a fantastic fit for a team like the Boston Celtics, but again, that's just me throwing out a name that I really like. We'll see who the candidates are eventually going to be, but you would expect Kenny Atkinson would probably be at the top of that list. Uh, All right, really quickly, speaking of Kenny Atkinson's former team, the Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets moved on last night by taking out the Boston Celtics. Uh, Very, very, we'll call it kind of a coaster of a performance in terms of the series overall. The Nets, though, 13-point favorites, just get the cover, 123-109, to the final score here. Total of 235 goes under that total there. So the Boston Celtics do a great job slowing this down, at least from an efficiency standpoint. And it was pretty tight, but, you know, it gives you an idea. It's funny, the commentary around this when you were actually watching the game. The Celtics are down by like eight, nine, ten points, you know, pretty regularly in the second half and in the third quarter. And like the entire time, the narrative is like, yeah, you just got to keep it within eight or nine and maybe give yourself a shot. Like, sure, keep it within eight or nine. You're not going to be able to keep up. And you see the top performers there. I mean, how do you stop this? James Harden, 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Kyrie Irving, 25 points, three uh, three rebounds, three assists. Kevin Durant, 24 points, four rebounds, and three assists. All guys scoring at least 24 points. And I, I will tell you this now as you see that Jason Tatum just needs some help, man. 32 points again for him yesterday. Nine rebounds, five assists, doing everything possible to potentially take another game from this team in terms of Brooklyn. I honestly do believe, and as you see this right from ESPN Stats and Info, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, 85.2 points per game in the first round, most by any trio in any playoff series in the NBA history for per Elias Sports. You knew that this was going to be a hard task for a lot of teams from an offensive standpoint. But James Harden, and this doesn't denigrate anything, like if you want to put it in terms of like the top scorer is going to be Kevin Durant. The, the linchpin is James Harden. When James Harden wants it, he dictates everything. He has sacrificed a lot. He works to get others involved. But when Harden is on, this team is at its best. Harden is absolutely fantastic. He is a scoring valve. He can take over when he needs to. He's a fantastic passer and not a selfish one at that. That has been a tired narrative that has not been true. But Harden, man, he's been absolutely incredible. And again, last night really showed his value for this team. And I think they're at their peak when we're talking about Harden 
really in control, willing to take shots, and then facilitating off of that to guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But we'll see. But this team now has this matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks. And we saw the first opener points bet, right? $1.80 just last week or like three or four days ago on the series price. Some spots opened as high as $2. We've seen the action kind of regulate itself now to the point where BetMGM has the Nets as a $1.75 favorite in this series over the Milwaukee Bucks. Some spots as low as minus $1.70. But that seems about fair. The Nets should be favored in this, right? I think the matchups dictate that for the most part when you're talking about what they can do on the court overall to bother a, sell, a, a Bucks team whose perimeter defense, very shaky, was not tested against the Miami Heat. They're also the highest-seeded team with home court, so that's going to help in that regard as well. No initial thought because I think the series price is right on, so there's no real – for me, there's nothing worth looking at from a pre-series, but I do think the Nets are going to win this thing. So you'll see this attacks from a, a day-to-day basis, but we also know at this point right now that for game one between these two on Saturday – the Milwaukee Bucks are catching four and a half with a total of 239 and a half. And that is up, by the way, from the opener of three and a half and the total down a little bit to two, from 240 and a half. So we'll set the table for that a little bit more as we come up later in the week. Uh, working on series preview two for the website, that'll be up as well. But uh, this is set up to be, especially if Embiid's injury is serious. This is essentially the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially, between these two clubs. I also have nothing else to say. I've been trying to kind of push this off for a little bit now uh, because the more that you see everything that happened last night, the more frustrated I think you get. But I do enjoy, by the way, everybody who was uh, chiming in last night and throughout the day uh, at me, JVT, up on Twitter. Uh, we'll take anything in terms of during the show as well at Vista and Live. Uh, but I got a lot of John Gant tweets yesterday. A lot of people about uh, John Gant. My favorite was the Breaking Bad uh, gif in terms of he can't keep getting away with this. Oh, he can. And he did again last night. John Gant and the St. Louis Cardinals, they get the win. 3-2 to two over the Los Angeles Dodgers. John Gant last night, six innings pitched, four hits, four strikeouts, walked three guys, looked, uh, looked incredible, looked absolutely dominant, was the beneficiary of some ridiculous defense by the St. Louis Cardinals. It was absolutely insane watching the level of defensive play from St. Louis all the way down to the final play of the game that ended up handing them a victory. But John Gant, again, as a guy who I think is what he's doing, I don't even think, I know. The numbers dictate that what he's doing is somewhat unsustainable, and yet last night again against the Los Angeles Dodgers, they foil me. Dodgers, minus one and a half of the plus one of two over at Circa. So that ends up as a loser. But this is what I was, I was telling you how I was getting frustrated looking at a number. How about this? From John Gant. And <laughs> you're going to like this. His ERA up to this point, 1.6. His whip, 1.52. His whip is almost equal to his ERA at this point. That is something that is, and we'll ask Josh about this when he joins us on the other side. But when you're talking about an ERA that's 160, an expected fielding independent that's, well, like, that's over 5 at 505 right now, his expected ERA at 511. How about this? Strikeouts per nine, 6.9. Walks per nine at 604. Like everything that you look at with John Gant is he is getting away with murder, and yet he continues to get away with it. And he did it again yesterday. Uh, thank you in large part to defense that has been absolutely incredible. And even the last time we saw him, too, he was getting plays at the plate from his defense. It's been nuts. The Cardinals get a lot of credit, but John Gant does it again. It's coming. Don't you worry. So we'll ask Josh Towers about that. Uh, Manoa again, of course, over in Toronto making his debut the other day. So we'll see what he thinks if we get him again. And there's a lot of young pitchers actually to discuss with him. Caprellian, right? We saw him kind of take a step back in his last outing. The Reds have a good young pitcher that they have out there tonight too. So we'll get Josh's thoughts on the young arms that we're going to see later this evening. And some of the big futures things that we were talking about yesterday too, including the staying power of the Rays, the Mets, and much more. Josh Towers on the other side. It's a numbers game here in Visa. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Turn a $1 wager on the Knicks or Hawks into $100 with BetMGM. If either team hits a three, just use bonus code VEASAN100 when you sign up for the King of Sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details. And make sure to use promo code VEASAN100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years age of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one. 
800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-TENNESSEE, excuse me, color text red line. 800-889-9789. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. I'm too excited. I want to get to Josh Towers, so I was stumbling all over the place. Josh is with us, of course, contributor here at the Vegas Stats and Information Network, host, baseball analyst, former major leaguer. Josh, appreciate the time, buddy. So I'm going to start with this. Uh, there is a chance that uh, a relationship here is getting personal and downright ugly. Um, I don't want to say I hate John Gant because hate is a strong word. He's probably an upstanding human being. But you as a pitcher can speak to this. How in the world can you sustain a 1.6 ERA with a whip of 1.52? Like, what are we doing with John Gant? His defense has been incredible, but this is insane that he keeps doing this. JVT, I told you guys, man, that's one of the kids I coached. I'm going to take all the credit for this. <laughs> I love the kid, man. He's phenomenal. And he was always one of the guys that believed in himself and kind of sat behind the rest of the pack over there with the Mets behind uh, Giselleman mm-hmm. and Lugo. Obviously, Jacob and Mats and those guys, but he never stopped believing and he got an opportunity and he's taking advantage of it. And I think the first couple of years, you know, he was relieving and then, hey, we'll throw you for a spot start here or there. And now he's starting to flex as a starter. I, I, he just, listen, he, he's done a lot of roles. He's really good. Obviously, we don't want to keep the walks up, but I learned from guys like Al Leiter years ago, man, uh, they're either going to hit my pitch or no pitch. And that takes a long time for us as pitchers to, to buy into that. You know, we're, we're, we're taught so much about, you know, when you throw a first pitch strike, the percentages of success when you go 0-1 opposed to 1-0 and, and 1-2 when you go to 2-1. And there's certain numbers we always look at. But when you start and are willing to make the right pitch regardless, like if I'm facing Vladimir Guerrero right now, you think I'm throwing a first pitch strike? Mm-hmm. Nah, not going to happen. If I face, right? I'm going to be okay going 1-0. That's what JG's doing, man. And, and it's kind of cool. And then again, last night we got him at plus, I think, 180. So it was beautiful. Well, and Josh, too, I mean, really my takeaway, too, is watching it. As much as I feel like, you know, at least the 1.6 ERA is probably not sustainable. The defense for St. Louis has been really good. Like, it's near the top of the board in terms of a lot of the metrics, like defensive run save, things like that. Like, I think really the big takeaway for me was, like, how fantastic this Cardinals defense is at a lot of, like, at every level of the field. And I'm glad you say that, too, because we, we put so much emphasis on, obviously, offense. Mm-hmm. And you pick up Arenado, and we talk about his offense and what he's done his whole career, and he's one of the best in the game. And you bring in Paul Goldschmidt a couple of years ago, and likewise, the same thing with him. I think what completely gets overlooked is the appreciation and the dedication to defense on both those guys' parts. So if they're not hitting today, they're preventing runs. And Nolan Arenado's like – He's been vocal about this. Like he has more pride in his defense than he does his offense because he knows how hard pitchers work. And when you have that behind you, there's a certain there's something that happens to us as pitchers that we want to step our game up as well because we know those guys are back there and they care. And that's what's happening in St. Louis. So again, we put a lot of off, you know, emphasis on offense, but those guys are doing it the right way right now, and it's it's working, and hopefully it's sustainable. So uh, let's stay in that division then because it's starting to become a really interesting division. Uh, the Chicago Cubs finish up last month, Josh, with an NL best 19-8 and record. They're now 20-8 and over the last 28 games after a win over the San Diego Padres yesterday. So they take this series, still have one to play, but you look at this, this offense has been solid. The home runs are there again for them yesterday. Contreras has one that uh, looks like it goes out of the park. Wisdom has been great in this short stint with them as well. well what's the staying power here with Chicago? I didn't expect them to look as good as they have over the last month. No, I mean, you look at these averages and everybody has jumped up except Ian Happ. He's about normal at 
200. Uh, but they got to have that token guy in there for sure. Um, apparently, every one of these dudes are warm water, uh, warm weather guys, man. I mean, we got Brian, the Vegas dude. We got a Puerto Rican in there. I mean, against some Florida boys. Apparently, that cold weather in April ain't for them. It's kind of impressive. I didn't really see it coming. I didn't think that they were quite as good. I thought the pitching was going to be suspect. They're 20 and 10 JVT at home. That's unbelievably impressive. You don't really get that kind of advantage in baseball at your home stadiums. And then on a, on a, on a park like that, where there's no foul territory, the ball jumps. What they're doing right now, I'm even surprised about. I'm blown away right now. Well, and this bullpen too, right? I think they have the second best bullpen ERA right behind the San Diego Padres. Like you kind of alluded that that to me is the most surprising thing. I didn't think their bullpen was going to be this good. Correct. I didn't either. I mean, you, you, you know, we know what Kimbrell has, obviously, and you know, every now and again he has a bad season, but you got him backing it up, and then Chapin's been around, and you get him comfortable, so he's doing well, and then guys like Tapera, all these guys pitched yesterday are stepping up, and again, they're just feeding off of each other. That's, that's the thing that gets lost in this game. Um, you know, the overreactions of what happened this week or the first month of the season, et cetera. It's a long, long season, man, and when you start looking at teams who have veteran depth, um, in the middle of their careers, they're probably going to be the most dangerous throughout the course of the season. So the theme here is kind of like teams that are playing very well, of course, over extended periods of time. Uh, the other, of course, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Last time we had you on last week, we talked a little bit about them. And Kevin Cash, how well he has done with his team. Yesterday, of course, they lose walk-off fashion. Frazier gets the 11th inning home run uh, over the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Glass now comes out, uh, has a solid performance, but ultimately the Rays lose this. But, Josh, like when you look at Tampa Bay, one of the futures bets I made yesterday right, was Tampa Bay to win this division. I feel like uh, you, you, know, you do the simulation more often than not, the Rays are going to win this to give me nearly three to one on them I think is somewhat surprising am I wrong in thinking that this is a division that the Rays should win when all is said and done at the end of the year or the Yankees still have something coming this offense is going to wake up a little bit more and that they will potentially win this division what do you think how this plays out the only way the Yankees are winning this division from what I see is they're pitching yeah. that's the only thing that's going to and they need to they need to have that same Cardinals approach to defense and the pitching is going to have to step up uh you can still see the way they're using their their guys man they're they're, they're trying to match up as much as possible instead of trust their pitching staff. And there's a lot of good ERAs out of that bullpen, but um, the offense is not going to be it for them. Uh, DJ LeMay, who's always going to be solid, but we have so many question marks uh, throughout the course of that lineup that I'm just, I'm not convinced. Um, they, I, as we say, like they don't have the same approach to, to baseball the way Tampa does. Uh, the wild card is still obviously Boston. I, I still don't know if, if We've defined who they are yet, but that offense can play, and, and everybody else has still stepped up too. So one of these teams will make a move, Boston or, or the Yankees, for some depth. We know Tampa won't, uh, and that'll be the key down the road. By the way, uh, as we say, right, I, I bet at 275, and the market moves uh, as of today. The Rays now plus 150 in a tie in terms of their odds with the Yankees to win the division over at BetMGM. And, and like we talked about the other day, that makes a little bit more sense, right? A, a slight pu a plus price on the Yankees uh, now on par with the Tampa Bay Rays. So we'll see how, of course, plenty of time for that to play out over the long haul. All right. Go, go ahead, Josh. How many, how many years has it been since we, we haven't believed in the Rays? I mean, they've been doing this for like five years now. We still don't believe in them. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I think they did pretty well last year too, right? So I feel like uh, maybe there is yeah. some track record for this team in terms of actually having some success over the season. Uh, okay, one more team big picture, then we'll get to some of the young arms we're going to see today. Uh, but I've been I've been blown away with the Mets, like in terms of just being able to stay the course with all the injuries. You get Alonso back the other day, he leads you to win. You do lose yesterday and tend to the Diamondbacks. But, but the Mets being the odds-on favorite in this division with a team like the Braves, I know they've been disappointing from a pitching standpoint, but like how you view the Mets, I'm really curious because I I like a lot of the pieces that the Mets have. Health has just been their issue. 
I like a lot of the pieces they have as well. Uh, the answer is no. Again, yeah. I, I went on the thyroid the other day with somebody uh, who works for their organization. Um, what, what what do you got? You still have no prospects in the minor leagues because you 86 all of them. You're trying to develop. You don't trust a few of them. So when people look at your organization, they go, oh, you don't have anything. They do got a couple, but no one knows this yet. So now when people get hurt, you got to go trade for Billy McKinnon uh, over in Milwaukee. And then there's somebody else they picked up uh, yesterday as well. Like you can't even go get a legit star to help you because you don't have anything to go get with. So again, when these injuries continue, which they will, what happens? And what happens in August? What happens if you even get to September and you're close, which I don't know if they will be. Well, what happens? What do you have? You have nothing to go get. You have no added insurance for help. I don't think it's sustainable with this team. All right, let's talk about some of the young guys that we're going to see. Uh, your thoughts on Alec Manoa's debut. I, I thought that kid was great, had a really solid pitch arsenal. His changeup looked a lot better than I think a lot of people expected it to, and now he gets another start here tonight. But your evaluation of Manoa as the uh, Toronto Blue Jays are in action later today against the Marlins are about a $1.53 favorite. This is the lost stuff in baseball that people don't see. So Alex Manoa gets the call up. Sydney or uh, Simeon Woods Richardson goes plays for Team USA, who might have got the call up too. You never know. Huge prospect. These two are boys ever since Sid's been traded over to Toronto. Simeon flies to Florida, goes to Team USA. Alex Manoa gets the call up to the big leagues the next day, and Simeon posts all over social media. That's my dude. Congrats. You're the man. You're going to kill it. When you have your teammates rooting for you and not in competition of you, you know you're in a good place. And then he went and shoved. And then we saw what happened with his mom. She became famous instantly. It was so cool. I continue to see this happening for this kid for a little while. Now, Lopez on the other side, obviously, is really good. But he's riding a high right now with a lot of people that have his back, Manoa. And I think it's super exciting. All right. Well, the uh, Phillies and Reds were postponed here today, so that's disappointing. Another one of the young arms we're not going to be able to see later today. So we'll run through a couple more with uh, Josh Towers, who's with us. Uh, we got one minute left, Josh, out of the whole entire board. Uh, anything you like today in Major League Baseball? White Sox. I know yeah. Alex Lynn's coming a day early. I know it's 150, um, but it's going to be a bullpen day for Cleveland, which I don't mind. They got a good bullpen, um, but I'll take Lance Lynn a day early against that bullpen. You have Chicago dollar fifty three favorite with a total of eight uh, right now. In most spots. It's- it's Matt Harvey day, so of course we're betting against Matt Harvey blindly. Yep, I like it. All right, Minnesota, dollar thirty-five. <laughs> Dobnek on the other side against Harvey. Uh, not gone well for the Dark Knight. All right, Josh. Hey, we're up against it. Good talking to you, man. Thank you very Good. much. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thank yep, you. You got it. That no don't Josh up on Twitter as well. Uh, yeah, so we, that is the news, at least uh, as of already right now. The Phillies and Reds game has been postponed, so one fewer game on the board tonight in the slate of Major League Baseball. We'll get back to this uh, coming up in the next hour as well. A couple of interesting pitchers in terms of some discrepancies in the numbers. Uh, really, one, it's actually that Mets team we were talking about to get a pretty interesting matchup with the Diamondbacks, David Peterson. Some things to like about David Peterson in terms of some of his underlying numbers, but we'll get to that in the second hour. Wes Reynolds is going to be with us. Don't move, right? we got a lot to get to. Host a long shots, big golf tournament coming up this weekend. And then bottom of the second hour, Aaron Renning, professional handicapper, get his thoughts on what is happening in the NBA. Uh, Notice something interesting about the totals and, you know, wrote about it a little bit in points per week. We'll get ER's thoughts at the bottom of the next hour. It's a numbers game here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.